The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Cold Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects that you should be hearing come from none other than our man in Brooklyn one agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram and Threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. I'm always glad when my sound effects are coming through loud and clear. Straight up Brooklyn in the house, representing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. I- I feel fairly certain that people heard the uh, the opening theme uh, slash trailer for uh, the the, the Cumber Chronicles, even if Agent Seventy did not. But we're going to see if we can fix that by next week because things still grumbling in this new year. And happy 2024 to uh, you all, folks out there in I was about to say TV land, but in the internet land and podcast land. Right. Like, I couldn't find this particular sound drop at the end of last week's show, but I have it key, uh, queued up. Ready to go. We are still in that window. Merry New Year! There you go. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if Agent 70 saw my uh, tweet about that, actually. And I did, in fact, um, queued up a uh, 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 trading place to watch before and hit it right. I was like probably 15 seconds off, but it, it hit almost almost at midnight. It was It, it, it worked out. Nice work. So I was like, okay, all right. Because I guess it's kind of when you start it, like, do you start it when the Paramount screen um, uh, happens or when the actual music starts, which is like a couple of seconds before that. So it's like, yeah, regardless, it worked out. So, yeah, folks, if you uh, for for next year, even though this is going to be like 366 days later, <laughs> if you play, um, if you start trading places, the movie from 1983 at um, 1031.58 or, or somewhere around there about. Uh, you will hear Merry New Year. I already moved away from the, uh, <laughs> the soundboard that it's on. Merry but, New Year! There yes, it is. You will hear Merry New Year, or should hear Merry New Year at, at midnight, which, granted, if we had said this last week, hey, some people would have tried it. Whatever. Um, but this is the first here comic book chronicles of the new year, and actually, nicely fitting uh, how this works out, because it is also episode 550. We don't have anything planned for it, but I'm just saying it's 550. It's just, you know, <laughs> 550 episodes, uh, uh, issues of a, of a comic book is usually celebrated or used to be anyway. Right. Uh, but we used, but we're definitely heading up to 600, um, in, in, uh, and, and 50 episodes. So that's going to be 
probably the same as what we're doing now. But hey, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll see. We'll see if we can yeah. get the Voltron to reform for 600. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and and I find an image in time that will reflect such, but it will not. Oh, shout out to Benji Games too, who's in the house. Uh, yeah, five hundred fifty is impressive. Um, we're definitely not the longest running podcast, but we're up there. Yeah, we're there. We definitely keep we definitely keep it chugging. So you know, been been doing this uh for quite a while, gremlins and all and such and whatnot. And with that, folks, we're yeah. going to actually um. Uh, get into the show by saying, hey, um, Coastal is the Podcast Network is where you can find this here podcast uh, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that helps people find us. Yeah, um, yeah. You could also find us uh, streaming mostly every Thursday uh, night, uh, nine thirty Eastern Standard Time, on the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's uh, youtubecom slash the Click Nation and twitchtv chronicles Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are broadcasting live each week. I might actually see, I don't know if it's viable to do, but I, I saw the way you could make um, a podcast out of uh, YouTube video feeds, which I already have the, the all of the episodes, you know, in a category thing, or it should be in a playlist already. So I don't know what's going to be different. Or not, but I might look into that as another avenue for such nonsense such as this. But regardless, folks, we are going to get into the books of the week. But first, I'm just going to say here very quick that uh, it, um, so what if season two is ended? F- saw that and Age Seventy talked about his last week. That was pretty good. Uh, we are now two episodes away from the finale of uh, Monarch Legacy of Monarch, uh, uh, at which apparently the ninth episode, the, the penultimate episode, apparently just dropped as we were recording here, according to Agent 70 said yes 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 i checked it out on uh, apple tv plus and it is now live so it is available to watch and for anyone who uh is looking for something to watch that's a little different uh i recommend reacher as well and that just dropped also Mm. the latest episode on uh for season two Right. I was going to suggest Slow Horses if you're on um, Apple TV, but I haven't watched any of that yet, so I probably won't say that until I've actually watched some. Uh, but yeah, so that's why we have not, we're not talking about uh, Legacy, uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters tonight, because it just dropped anyway, and neither one of us have seen it. <laughs> Excuse me, seen it. So, that'll be one for next week's show. Um, for this week's show, we're going to start off with books with um, Amazing Spider-Man number 41. Amazing Spider-Man number 41 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr. Inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. This is the latest installment in the story of Gang War. And Roddy Cat and I were going back and forth about some of our thoughts uh, regarding this issue, and I, I couldn't help but kind of dwell on one particular uh, uh, 
thing that that pops up in this issue. But overall, this is following in. You know, it's hard to say whether or not there's like a main story in this gang war because there's plenty. Uh, there are plenty of uh, gangs and characters that are moving across the board in New York City to take control of of, of uh, certain gang territories. We are following Kingpin, who's making a move again, and uh, we're following Tombstone, Spidey, and She-Hulk, and they're basically. Um, you know, taking on the Kingpin who appears, it's not a spoiler here because, you know, he appears at the end of last issue and he's on the cover with the other character that he's been connected to because of nuptials. Um, and, uh, you know, this particular character is the source of what is the source of the conversation and the minor controversy that, uh, that, that I was picking on. Um, you know, in my conversation with Roddy Cat before uh, the show in our pre-production meeting, but uh, uh, the other the other kind of gang war storyline that we're following is running parallel to this, which is the other Lincoln family, the other member of the Lincoln family who's in the crime scene, which is uh, Janice Lincoln, the Beetle. And uh, wait, what did she call herself? She re- she rechristened herself something. Did she? I don't know. I just thought of calling her Dark Beetle because of her outfit. So I don't know if she. Right, right, right. Re- no, no, no. I was thinking of. I, I, I was thinking of uh, the 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 awful um, anti She Hulk name. Right. Um, oh, Anathema. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I. But anyway, yeah, no. yeah. I I thought that she had rechristened herself. I don't um, think so. But in but either way, like you said, Dark Beetle is a great way to refer to her because of the the, the modifications or the. The alterations to the uh, the basic Beetle outfit that she's got on now, and it's the it's it's Janice, uh, Dark Beetle Lincoln against um, Richard Fisk, the Rose, who is back somehow. So therein lies my question: Is that actually him? So okay, so well, one thing before that, before you even answer that, so yeah, if we uh, first of all, Tombstone versus Kingpin in this issue. That's kind of what makes this issue par- partially pretty pretty. Uh, almost potentially a, a click of the week uh, mm-hmm. because of that whole thing right there, um, and that whole sad thing with uh, with Typhoid Mary is, is another thing. But uh, Kingpin is definitely, as as Andrew Seventy said, kind of uh, making his not necessarily making a play, but I think he's making a play for someone else, which is his son. Not necessarily for him, although he's going to reap the benefits for himself. And and that's the whole one thing that's been kind of wondering about. Like, where did the rose come back from? Because I could have sworn he was dead. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here like, is that actually? Although I'm I'm kind of wondering if we're going to get a reveal of that because now that I think about it, something happens in this issue that makes it feel as though there's going to be a reveal of something next issue uh, on that front, one way or the other. Right. Either that or it will be worth us Googling, you know, what happened to Richard Fisk, right. you know, recently just to find out because uh, ultimately this issue ends on a cliffhanger and something happened on the Janus, uh, Dark Beetle and uh, Rose end of the, uh, the parallel stories here. So right. we'll see what happens in the next issue. They, they didn't find a body. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we haven't seen anything. Yet. Not yet. So. 
But anyway, uh, and if you think that's a tease for something, you may or may not be mistaken. Who knows? Who knows? Right. But yeah, I also um, got a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of a funny thing, and in, in, and as loath as we both are to give Zeb Wells any credit, you know we are we we are very much loath to do that. <laughs> there was a funny line about. Um, uh, Digger grabbing uh, women villains appendages. Which <laughs> right. Laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a couple of moments in here. I was like one uh, that part. The whole like I said the whole thing with a uh, typhoid Mary in the beginning of who she, whoever she was uh, pointing at. <laughs> right or winking at or whatever. Or winking at, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, no. I was just saying. Oh no! I hear my. Oh. Uh, okay, I don't know. I hadn't t- touched anything, so it's okay. it'll gremlins you. are apparently, but yeah, but yeah, but there's there there's a couple of moments like yeah, like I just said, we some, we don't we try not to go out of our way to give Zev Webbs any undue credit <laughs> for things he's done, but you know we will give credit where it's due. There have been some moments in this whole thing and even in this issue that are amusing at best, you know. That Kingpin Tombstone fight was could have been was actually kind of all right, uh, uh, admittedly. So, um, and I, uh, the last thing I'm going to mention is that for the folks that are watching the video version of this, and Agent Seventy cannot see this, although I'm trying to work on this end if that's going to ever uh, pan out. The variant cover that I have up um, of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 41 features a certain Space Knight. Oh, which- nice. Of which uh, I think they had a couple of. There's a couple of uh, variant couple of covers of him that uh, th- with him on it that have uh, come out this week. So there is that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, which also could potentially. I mean, granted, it does say you know in in collaboration with Hasbro or whatever, but still, that could lead something to, to something down the line um, about Marvel getting the rights back. We don't know. Right. If not back, at least in partnership with Hasbro, publishing something. Right. Because we don't, as far as we know, just the G.I. Joe and Transform. Although, see, that's the other thing. We don't know if the whole ball, the kit, kit and caboodle for Hasbro product uh, uh, um, franchises went over to Skybound. Right. We just know right. about we the don't two that know, are We don't know if, if... Well, the thing is, they tried to make it like a unified... You know, like like one big universe, and that did not pan out. So they may actually look to diversify a little bit, right? Over at IDW when they tried to to do all of that, but yeah, but they're keeping the big two over at Skybound. So we don't know if like said, so those are the only two that we know for a fact are over at Skybound because they pushed to do the things with that we talked about. So right, either way, um, I think that's it for amazing. Unless you got something else. No, no, that's it. You know, we, uh, like I said, uh, uh, you know, the, the, like Krakoa Uno, we'll, we'll be talking about more. We'll be talking more about the problems that have been going on uh, on Krakoa in a couple of books. But mm-hmm. there's one character that features prominently in this issue of Amazing, who is formerly at least a denizen of Krakoa and we're just I'm just just you know kind of <laughs> slack like struck dumb as to why on earth this character was able to obtain a certain piece of weaponry you know and claiming that it was you know from Krakoa and I'm like come on seriously 
Mm. Well, you know, things flow freely there, but at the same time, like like I said before the show, yeah, I, did, I feel like they, even they are still leery about this particular character. So we don't right. know how how things got obtained, but uh, Agent Seventy suggests something, which is probably more more the case than not. Is they just you know, I was like, I don't know. There you go. Yeah, have fr- yep, have fun. Anyway, pretty much. But anyway, all right. Moving on, President Bartlett. What's next? Fantastic Four number fifteen. Fantastic Four number fifteen is written by Ryan North, with art by Ivan Fiorelli. Colors are by Jesus Abertov, and letters again by our favorite lettering Paisan, VCs Joe Caramagna. Guess what, folks? This issue actually pays off the last several Fantastic Four issues. So the cliffhanger ending that we got at the end of last issue, the surprise cliffhanger ending that we got at the end of last issue is in fact directly addressed in this issue. That's not a spoiler. It's actually an enticement into getting you to read it because I like this issue a lot. It was in fact uh, fun to read. It is a clear candidate for click of the week for myself. And I'll let Roddy kind of talk more about what happened in the issue, but I wanted to set the stage for it because I really enjoyed that this issue picked up a couple of plot threads that I did not realize were actually dangling. I didn't realize that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't realize how things were connected mm-hmm. coming into this issue. Right. And it wasn't clear and obvious until Ryan North and Ivan Fiorelli started to weave all these, not disparate things, but seemingly trivial or unconnected things into how this story basically played out. And I'll let you take it from there. Right. Um, So, yeah, uh, as of last issue, we, we, knew that the Baxter building was supposed to be coming back, but uh, apparently uh, that was held off because of what was being explained in this, which we won't go into. Um, but that's kind of spoiler, right? That's like right. a big spoiler. Right. But, you know, and, and, and I'll just hand the ball back to you by saying that the last few issues that led into this set up, why the Baxter building did not come back. And that's what got me thinking, well, wait a second, how does that fit? Oh, right. That's what happened to me. And that's that was my experience. Right. And actually that's the beautiful thing about this issue is because it's like, okay, so we're going down this road. So what does this have to do with? And then like agent seven said, it's naturally, it naturally occurs. And it's like, okay, there you go. That's, that's, that's the tie here. (laughs) <laughs> so it was done I thought that was done fairly well it was almost getting to the point where it was like okay so they're just going to string this out a little bit more or are they going to nope okay nope they're 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 bringing it home they're bringing it home they just wanted to just tie this up a little bit that's all so um, that being said hey this book also this issue also um, warns of the dangers of social media <laughs> and AI and all in AI. one mm-hmm just so it was like you know what all issue well the ai the social media aspect was more last issue the i the ai part is born out in this issue 
Right, but one came from the other in a, in a certain way. Exactly in this in this story, yes. Right. So also the um, the um, the character, let's just say that um, is um, is the impetus for the, the the majority of this issue. Um, just reminded me of of uh, an animated movie. Um, <laughs> Which I'm saying, like, so they were they were hitting pretty close to that, but I see that that wasn't the case with the naming of that. But also, we got a nice little greatest hits, a slight little small greatest hits of um, Fantastic Four villains during the in, during right. a couple of pages of this. I was like, okay, that was kind of fun to see. So this issue pretty much had a whole lot going for it, but flowed fairly decently for what it had going on to it. Even had a um, some would argue at least. The way I took it, uh, a Spider-Man um, uh, um, um, into the Spider-Verse moment because we see um, Lady the Octopus show up, and I said to myself, "Oh look, it's Liv." Mm-hmm. So, so which this in another book, which we'll talk about, kind of has has those. It was like, wait, shouldn't you be doing something else? You should be elsewhere. Right. I've, in fact, even in this issue, I think there was another villain that showed up, which I thought was someone else that should be somewhere in a, in a in a book that we just discussed, or at least attached to a book that we just just did, to talked about. I don't think that was that um, that character, but at first blush, it kind of looked like. Him. Either way, this is a potential click of the week uh, for myself as uh, one read issue read Richards. Um, as I say in my notes, fight fires with an app. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is, you know, like I, I will give Ryan North a lot of credit. His FF to this point has been very well written. Mm-hmm. It has been some fun moments in it. In it. Um, including the last page of this, um, uh, of this issue, which we won't spoil, but agent seven and I both, uh, I both got a kick out of like, Oh, that's a, that was a touching, uh, touching moment. Right. So, but it also, uh, to his credit, uh, the with the page before, uh, means that something else is coming down the road. By the Eventually, way, this, right. yeah, but we don't know when and where. We don't know if it has anything to do with what uh, uh, timeless uh, might be suggesting, and that's going to be a, a running thing through probably at least the first first, first six months of this year. <laughs> Which <laughs> is like, okay, is this what was was being tied up into um, Timeless? Even though Timeless is pr- supposedly kind of spanning the whole year, but we know stuff that is coming up that is uh, going to be in the first first six months of the year. So that being said, though, yeah, um, enjoyed this issue. Um, watch out for social media, folks. Don't don't become a slave of it <laughs> because that's when AI comes and gets you, right? And tech bros. Don't, we, we got enough of those. Oh, <laughs> and with that, folks, next book uh, to talk, for us to talk about is Doctor Strange number... No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. That's not right. Uh, Fall we're, sticking, of the, we're staying in the Fs, right? I was going right, to say right, we're right, staying right. in the Fs. Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I just happened to look over and, and look at my reading order and not the, uh, the uh, sheet order. Anyway, Fall of the House of X number one. Fall of the House of X. 
Number one is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Lucas Vernick. Colors are by Brian Valenza and letters are by VCs Travis Lanham. So this issue is actually titled The Trial of Cyclops. And this is the first step in the latest chapter in the closing saga, I guess, of the Krakoa era of the X-Men. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of it, it's kind of tough to 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 title this series Fall of the House of X and not expect really bad things to happen to the structure of the Krakoan society that the mutants had built. Uh, you know, you have to kind of drive them into a very low place in order to see them bounce back and survive, hopefully at the end. So, you know, this is just the start. We're starting to get um, certain drums being beaten, right? And this is where I don't want, and I saved this for this conversation. This is where a certain movie quote and a certain scene in a particular genre movie, it's still a genre movie that came to mind every time I kept seeing certain characters say a variation of this. And it's from Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Here it goes. It's very short. It's very quick. It's Saruman. I don't know if you heard that. Was it loud enough? Yeah. So it's Saruman saying, you know, and Christopher Lee One saying, of the most nervous to aspects of the cast. And I'm like, seriously, that's the quote that comes to mind. But that's what everyone is saying in this issue. Yeah. All right. Would, they're all beating the war drums and they're yelling out to war. And every time I read it, I could hear Christopher Lee. In uh, Lord of the Rings of Two Towers, yelling out, to war! Looking out at the orcs. I'm like, that's what comes to mind? Really? But, you know, that's the way it works. Mm. So I'll be honest. I did not know where Agent 70 was going with that because he kind of hinted towards to it, but he didn't tell me what he was going to uh, say before the uh, when we talked before the show. So I don't know why I should have guessed it was something from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> why did I not guess that from him? I do not know. But hey, you know, it could have been. It could have been anything. It could have right. been Forrest Gump. Right. Yeah, you did. There was a lot of that going on in the beginning of the show, also. So. Yeah, that's our that that's our pre-production meeting was like just like stream of consciousness quotes from Forrest Gump. Yeah, that and and um and um comedians. and gremlins, gremlins, yeah, and audio comedians. gremlins. Yeah. Yes, and comedians saying certain things. Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, so. um. So the only thing I will add to this is that is something I've told I, I mentioned to um eight to seventy before the show was it was a nice touch to where part of the where the majority of this uh issue takes place because it harkens back to an old uh an old ex event uh dealing with um uh a Let's we can safely say a prominent figure of the ex um of the mutant community. Um uh, don't worry about the where their status is at this point, but because you know, you know, it it's irrelevant at this point in time. But uh the place where this this issue to kind of takes place kind of harkens back to that. I'm like, okay, they that was purposeful, but that was a nice touch. But also I do love in the beginning of the book, um 
uh, I will slightly spoil the fact that um, we get an original recipes fastball special and a, a new variation <laughs> of remix. Such, yes, uh, of such and and um, uh, amusingly enough, a, a, a an attempt to name said uh, variation of the fastball special. Um, which comes up in this because you know often duplicated you know never well sometimes sometimes uh duplicated but anyway um but yeah we got the we got the ogs in the house doing it this time and it was like you know what this was good to see and even has been made a step special status uh during the course of this whole uh, thing which I don't recall them this part kind of really being a big factor of the Krakoan era but it was something that had been at very least talked about uh, during Hox Pox. And granted, we do see one such, um, we do get a question of one such um, circuit, mutant circuit. Well, the mutant circuit is what I was talking about. We get uh, the end results of one certain such uh, thing that's been prevalent uh, during the phases of this, but weirdly disappears uh, during the course of this. And I'm still not entirely sure when or where that character comes from in the first place. Oh, I know where where this come, this thing comes from, but you know how long that this character's been here, put it way, and what's going to be the end goal of this. As with this whole fall of X in the thing, because like Age of Seven says, like yeah, we're gonna get to to a place with this, um, and and then coming out with this. What aspects of the Krakoan era are going to last past this, if anything, and where will the mutants and slash the X-Men be at the outset of this is where we're heading. Uh, and I am very much curious of that, although I really wish that the Krakoan era would have kind of pretty much just been a thing that stayed for a while. But, you know, this is the X-Corner of, uh, of the universe, of Marvel Universe. Nothing stays forever. Well, you know what I was going to say uh, is, um, uh, you know, oh, goodness, uh, is it Whitman that they quote in uh, The Outsiders? Not The Outsiders. Well, um, hmm? What movie am I thinking of? Um, goodness gracious. Uh like li- listen to the Googles, folks, because I there is oh no, it's Robert Frost. Oh, off quote. Yes, it's Robert Frost from the out. Yeah, that's the that's the poem. I was I was gonna say nothing gold can stay. Mm. That's the that's the theme of the X Men's existence. Like every time, don't you remember Utopia? Yeah, they tried the same thing on a slightly smaller scale outside of San Francisco. Didn't work. Got blown up. And they, you know, they 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 redid it, which is why I was kind of critical of the Krakoan idea in the first place, because I'm like, wait, they just did this like a few years back in Utopia, but they're doing it bigger and better, apparently. Right. But they also did it in Limbo, which was some would argue the worst possible place for something like that to happen. But they, right. you know, outside of Krakoa. But yeah, they, they yeah, it's not the first time the uh, mutant sum has tried something like this. Hell, they technically went into idle space, but that was a thing that wasn't a fully fleshed out thing. Actually, they kind of went back to that in this, but um, yeah, that, they've like, where do they go from here? I guess is, is the big thing. So, 
But we'll get to that because we still got the the fall to get through. Uh, and we're still in the winter. But don't boom. But yeah. Uh, was this, Listen, sure. on the Convo Chronicles where we quote comedians, movies, TV shows, and poetry. Indeed. Just multifaceted we are. Um, oh, that's what it was. Dr. Gregor, um, who is a name that I, if this, if that name had come up, like I remember the name from when the, the, the character first got introduced and basically affected by what was going on here. I totally forgot I, about that character being a, being a, a factor. I know they've shown up in places here and there, but not that often to be like, Oh yeah. This mostly. And yeah. Mostly like small cameos, you right. know, like in an orchestra space. Right. So it was, like you said, I, I did have to kind of uh, jog my memory a little bit. Right. Which, luckily, this issue is like, hey, you remember when you did this? I'm like, no, I don't, but okay. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. oh, right, that thing. And I think, I, I was going to say that was the last time I saw it, but that's not entirely true. So, like I just said, it's kind of little little bits of here and there. So, I guess, because of what they're doing now, they're just they're like, we're going to tie up pretty much everything with the exception of, I feel like with the exception of the future stuff, because I feel like that stuff hadn't still hasn't really technically been fleshed out all that much unless you count what they do in sense of sinister which i don't so who knows we'll see if if any of that comes around is there going to be a dragon ball like fusion uh <laughs> going on oh. at some point oh no <laughs> you know will we, will we anyway. yes, exactly we see uh, um we see cable and, and cyclops <laughs> doing a fusion dance oh my gosh <laughs> but anyway, that's, uh, that is Fall of the House of X. You can see the Inhyukli uh, variant cover on if you're watching the video version. And uh, I, I don't think that is actually where the other ROM cover is. But that's fine, because we're going to push on to... Uh, Doctor Strange number 11. That is correct, but I was going to say something cover else. Bink. I do now. Nice. You were gonna you were gonna go somewhere else in another direction. No, 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 no. I was I was actually um uh, going to mention one of the other um, variants, but it's fine because I think I ran through them all anyway. But got it. But yeah, Doctor Strange oh, number eleven, which is written by Jed McKay, with guest art by Danilo S. Bayruth, with guest colors by K. J. Diaz, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Surprise, everybody. This issue is also a candidate for Click of the Week for myself. Same. This is not exactly a one-off issue, but it's close. Because it picks up essentially where we leave off in the last issue with uh, an extended member of... Well, it would be an extended member of the family of Clea... And Stephen Strange, but it's really direct family from Clea, right. born out of uh, you know, born out of the uh, uh, the union between Tiburon and uh, Umar. And right. this kid is, of course, up to all sorts of trouble. Like it kind of, you know, like the kid in look and in uh, behavior kind of reminded me of this particular character. Why? Because all we needed was buttons, and we had a version of buttons running after her in this issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was trying to think of a certain a certain movies or whatnot or or other TV shows where a similar situation like this happened. But no, you hit a hit upon a pretty good one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, that's what this is. It's a play mm-hmm. on. I mean, it's not exactly a a, a, a novel concept, but right. I kind of chuckled when it hit when it dawned upon me that that's what we were watching. We were reading right. was a, 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 a version of uh, Buttons and Mindy. Except if, if Mindy had magical powers that they... <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And was probably a few years younger, a couple of years younger. Well, I don't know if Mindy was young. Anyway, regardless. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. A couple of years, a couple of years. Because at least Mindy's able to form words, maybe not coherent sentences, but words. Yes. This baby that we're dealing with, Donna, uh, in, this, uh, in, in the pages of uh, Doctor Strange, um, is a bit younger than that. Yes. Um... Uh, yeah, that the the whole thing was uh, quite amusing because because at first they start off with uh, uh, Stephen and, and Clea having the talk and dealing with right. just children, and then it goes into this. It was like, wait, where are they going with this, and where is still they going to go with this? Um, because uh, one, I'm looking forward to the next story, even though it has nothing to do with as far as I know anything that happens in this issue. But the fact that um, everything that happened in this issue kind of happened, including, as I will go so far as to say, another version of the Circus of Crime, who, again, should be in another book. (laughs) I'm like, wait. I was thinking of our conversation from, was it last episode or two episodes ago? Yeah. I was like, wait, weren't we just talking about the Circus of Crime and Mm -hmm. the different variants or variations Mm -hmm. of it that are running around in the Marvel Universe right now? Mm Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I believe this particular one has a sort of an explanation on that right. using re- using wrestling terms, which were like boo. But anyway, so I was like, okay, right. that 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 makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but at the same time, it's still like, wait, you still should be over here because I know you still you, that's the there's like two two of them running around in that same same event, right? And, and this one right. just whole happened to be over here chilling and being a footnote <laughs> right i i got a kick out of the the actual circus of crime members in this yes. one i you know I, I i think that mckay was just having a lot of fun writing those characters totally so yeah the, the name, matter of fact I and, put the, and i got a kick out of this ringmaster uh mentioning uh canceling student loans i i, I laughed out loud yes yes yes, okay, yes. Off student loans. i laughed right yeah, the names of the other two members of uh, uh, of the Circus of Crime. There's three. Wait, I thought it was only. Where's wait? What was it? Well, okay. There's three. Oh, right. The other one. There's I don't. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Three yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. You're right. No. No. You're right. I do. But no. But the names of the the two that I'm thinking about are the ones that are that are um that that I'm focused on. Um, right. Cause they are dumb. <laughs> they are they are quite dumb. But then again, it's the circus of crime. If you if you've been around Marvel long enough, you know that it's pretty dumb anyway. But um, right, obviously they bring up that they they bring up the, the jobber term, which is what Roddy Cow was mentioned yes. was reference when, when it came to um, when it came to uh, uh, wrestling terminology. But yeah, no, there are three members, including well, obviously the ring mistress, not the ring master, because this is a female character so they they've dubbed her the ring mistress and there's a stefano stiletto mm-hmm. chief beef and yes. jim nasty oh my goodness yes 
I'm sitting here like, okay. Yeah, like Agent 7 said, um, uh, McKay was, was, was having a little bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, just a with, little bit. With, just with a little bit. So, um, you know, I get a little crazy when I get off my diet and have sugar and carbs. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Curse my mortal what weakness. What am I reading? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what am I reading? Oh, yeah. And then the conversation between uh, him and Mr. Toledo about uh, what anti intellectualism. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, okay, uh, okay. He, He's an ardent believer in exposure therapy. Yes. Oh, my God. He's a braver man. Oh, he's the bravest man I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, like I said, McKay, McKay was having a, a pretty good time with with this one, as you could, as one could tell. Because, like I said, that was a well, I, I want to call it a B plot, but it does it, but it's, it goes so quickly into what ends up being the A plot, then it doesn't really matter, um, right? Or at least being a factor in. So. The thing that I'm looking forward to is uh, being um, what was kind of being referenced on the last page, or not on the last page, but the 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 the, um, the preview page for the next issue. Because um, uh, another character who was in this story fairly prominent as Agent Kind of somebody mentioned is potentially going to get their own uh, issue story, I guess. So I guess this sure. must be McKay is was like, you know what, we're we're, we're going to take a couple of issues off. We would. I don't want to call it a filler arc because filler arcs are usually bad, but let's, let's face it. It's, you know, this <laughs> is, I don't think we we have main things going on here, uh, uh, or, you know, main ticket items going on here. So, but, uh, the next issue looks like it's going to be fun. If that, um, if that preview page is going to be, uh, is any indication of, so like I said, and this character is one of the best things that's been introduced in recent Dr. Strange lore. You know, so it, it's definitely it's definitely a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm looking it, forward to the next. Yeah, and it actually has gotten some recent play in another book, which I know Age of Seventy didn't read, but because he was in, I, I don't want to say inducted, but the whole uh, Marvel Pets thing, he was kind of a part of that whole right. miniseries, which I and uh, which I read. So got me. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, Doctor Strange uh, number eleven. What looks at um. Good stuff. Good stuff right there. And last book that we're going to talk about. Excuse me. Between the, uh, the wait. Actually, wait. That was. The, oh, that's wait, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. We're going to rapid fire now. We are going to rapid fire. Yeah, that's it. Rapid fire review time, folks. I ain't got time to bleed. All righty. So I'll lead off with Captain America number five. It's written by J. Michael Straczynski with art by Lan Medina, colors by Espen Grundichern, and letters by, again, our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. I don't know if I said this on the air for the record, but this week had a lot. I had a lot of fun reading some books this week. I have a lot of potential clicks of the week to choose from captain america number five is also among that group this is just uh, you know for whatever reason it feels like straczynski's having a lot of fun writing some of this stuff some of the stuff is very dark right when it when it comes to you know uh when it comes to you know diving into the the slight mcuification of captain america's past here 
you know, these stories really were never told. So it does make sense that there would be some uh, fertile ground for writers to, um, you know, to, to dig into and, and look for what I think are MCU-ified stories that help fill in some of the gaps in Cap's origin. But I like this. And, you know, Doctor Strange makes a, a, a special type of cameo appearance that becomes a bit of a running joke. And it's a lot of fun to read. I personally had a lot of fun uh, seeing, you know, little things that were related to Doctor Strange come in here and there. But ultimately, we find out that, you know, at least and I've said this in previous reviews of Captain America, recent issues of Captain America, knowing that Cap is up against, uh, you know, supposedly a pretty prominent uh, demon or, or devil as it were, and, and, and fairly high levels of magical power. You wonder how on earth cap is going to be able to combat that. So obviously he's going to consult with the, you know, the master of the mystic arts, the sorcerer supreme of this dimension. So it's good to know that, uh, you know, that, that particular contact, that particular, uh, form of help has already kind of been set up. You know, it's not like uh, it'll be a, a cameo appearance out of out of uh, out of the blue. You know, when Cap is like down to his last, you know, down to his last wits. Um, but I really enjoyed the way this is written. I really enjoy just some of the, you know, just some of the character interactions. It, it's just really fun. Next up is Thanos number two. It's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Luca Pizzari. Colors by Ruth Redmond and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Believe it or not, this issue is also really fun, but there is a moment in this issue that knocked it down a peg. And it's almost a it's almost a a very distant reference to the Thanos copter. And yes. when Roddy Cat when we, yeah, it, it's kind of a reference to it, right? And when I saw that, I groaned. I was like, oh. But <laughs> overall, overall, this was actually you know an issue that moved things along. It's a nice follow up to a first issue that was a lot of setup. And this version of the Illuminati, the current version of the Illuminati, are in action, and there are a lot of little mentions of where this story fits in the current continuity, which it does. This is not out of continuity. This is not uh, pre uh, fall of the house of X. This is not post fall of the house of X. We're actually right smack in the middle of it. So it does help to establish that all this stuff is actually going on, you know, in quote unquote current Marvel time. Uh, it is enjoyable, just not click of the week material because of the, kind of distant Thanos copter reference. Last but not least is vengeance of the moon Knight Number one. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Alessandro Capuccio colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Roddy cat is not caught up on the end of the previous volume of moon Knight because this is a brand new volume of moon Knight. And it does help that we're basically carrying over the same creative team. Right. It's kind of fun that Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio and Michelle Rosenberg and I think Corey Petit have all jumped into this new volume of Moon Knight. 
I'm not spoiling it, but I think Roddy Cat has seen stories and you know in pulling uh, the news and also maybe looking at solicitations that tease what may or may not have happened to Mark Spector at the end of the previous volume and why we're dealing with a certain type of story at the beginning of this new volume. So I will leave all that for Roddy Cat to discover. I will say, though, that I really enjoy Jed McKay's take on this new uh, supporting cast that he's created for Moon Knight. I really do. I like that they, you know, it's definitely a found family. There's a found family aspect to it, which is, you know, normal. That's nothing, you know, groundbreaking. But it's very much uh, uh, a group of characters that have found themselves through very unlikely circumstances to, you know, kind of find themselves working together for the midnight mission for the purpose of the midnight mission. So I, I like how all these characters interact. I like how McKay has written, uh, some of these characters, especially Reese, the, uh, the vampire kid who I forgot is only 19. Uh, but they make reference of that in, they make reference to that in this issue a couple of times. Um, bottom line, though, this was a good start to this new volume, and I'm eager to see where it goes next. And that's it for me. Okay. Um, I was going to mention, and maybe we'll circle back around to it, but uh, we probably won't, I suspect. But um, Thanos, number two, was the other uh, book that had the ROM Space Knight uh, variant cover for this week, which I showed. Space Knight! Uh, there we go. We see it again. Uh, for those out there and for uh, watching the video version. All right. For myself. Excuse me. Uh, Kid Venom. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. We don't. Oh, no. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, the Hunger in the Dusk, number five, written by G. Willow Whistlin, uh, art by Chris Wildgoose, uh, colors by Misasic. Uh, I still I have to figure out how to say that name. Uh, and letters by Simon Boland. So, this issue, I'm not, as far as I know, this is an ongoing uh, issue. I mean, uh, for ongoing series. But there was something about reading parts of this that almost felt like, like, wait, are you, are you trying to end this? But no, not necessarily the case. It's just like, you gotta, gotta throw some, a little bit more attention into, uh, in, into things, uh, as one tends to do, but I am still continuing to, uh, enjoy this series. Um, so the crooked dirties are, um, there is a human fighting company, uh, that is an alliance with uh, um, uh, with the orcs because the orcs and the, the humans were beefing for a long time uh, and still kind of on tenuous ground. But there's this other faction called the the Vangal who have pretty much been taking on everybody and which caused the alliance to kind of come about. Um, the fighting company that uh, the human fighting company that has a orc healer now with it um, sent out a scout. Uh, to kind of see where the Van Goals are coming from, because that's kind of that's kind of been a, a thing that's been 
uh, throughout these issues uh, because the Van Gogh's kind of been like, how are these people here and there and, you know, getting around, uh, which, spoiler alert, might have some similarities with uh, Monarch Legacy of Monarch. I mean, Monarch Legacy of Monsters in in how they get around, um, let's say. But regardless, uh, you know, there are tensions that kind of come up uh, during the course of this particular issue uh, between the two, between two main figures, um, and um, that partially led to well, the, the tensions didn't, but coming from an Akbar moment uh, led to more tensions uh, between uh, the two major folks. Um, who were actually getting along fairly decently uh, uh, prior to this. But like I said, sometimes you have to introduce tension for, uh, you know, things to kind of progress. So um, been loving this, loving this book um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll keep going for a good while, uh, you know, and uh, keep having some good uh, stories along with it. Uh, she will wasn't. I mean, you know, she hasn't. She hasn't uh, hadn't had a had a bad one yet, from what I've read. Anyway, uh, let's see. Next book is Star Trek: Picard's Academy, uh, number four of I believe six, written by Sam Maggs, with art by Ornella Greco, uh, colors by Charlie Kirchhoff, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So. Uh, this are the, these are the exploits of one young Jean-Luc Picard, second-year student of Starfleet Academy. And during this time, uh, he's kind of, I'm about myself. I'm trying to get up out of here early. I'm looking out for number one. You know, um, that this is the Picard that we have. But, of course, during this cold thing, he's probably starting to learn the lessons, or he's going to start learning the lessons that made him the captain that we see him in in, in TNG. Which, by the way, he says the thing, uh, a thing that he know that he normally says during TNG. First off, in this uh, issue, uh, because there is this big test what, that I do- gray hot. Not that one, um, although that came up in an issue pr- previously. Um, uh, uh, amusingly enough, um, Spock has also been been kind of around here. Uh, uh, and as a matter of fact, shows up in this issue, but doesn't really say much. But um, so there's this big test that the, the the cadets have to take, and I don't believe it is the Kobayashi Maru from way it was explained, but something not too far off. So that's going to have to test the uh, the crew's um, um, you know uh, ability to work together. And like I said, Picard's kind of kind of like, nope, I got to get out of here. I'm the captain. I'm just I wouldn't. I need to do this for myself. But he also has this crew that he has to work with. Some of which are. You know, I wouldn't say oddballs, but that's probably the closest we're going to get, um, including a potential love interest that he doesn't uh, seems that he seems very oblivious about. But because, you know, of the way he is. Uh, but the test starts and uh, things kind of go the way you would expect them to in a situation like this. And Picard has to learn that he has to uh, lean on other folks um, uh, during the course of this. And at the end of this is is a is a continuation is pretty much a continuation of that. So this is a pretty decent book. Like 
you know, we don't really get to see this version of uh, the Star Trek characters that we love, we know, and I'm sure the the whole hey, let's make a book about the school years thing is has been a big thing in the last few years, as we know. So I guess you know they wanted to try to at least to get one out of the way. So it's not it's not terrible, um, but where you can, you kind of have to wonder is like okay, so what are we getting out of this book outside of you know, I guess this point in his life we'll find out uh next up is man uh i forgot uh, gargoyles came out this weekend i didn't get a chance to pull it uh are you up to date on that i am so yes blind. i am mm-hmm. but nice. yeah because we didn't because uh because yeah i think when i pulled the book from the box that we didn't um i it, they were it wasn't there and i totally forgot to go out and pull it for myself so uh that might have been rectified by now but i don't know and I'm also kind of stalling because I'm trying to find where the hell the cover is to this book I'm looking for. <laughs> Which is, yeah, there you go. We actually don't have a copy of it, so. Oh, so we still don't? Okay, I'll pull one after the show. Um, Superman 78, number three of five, written by Robert Venditti, um, art by Galvin Goodry, uh, colors by Jody Belair, and letters by Dave, not Fave, Dave Lamphere. There we go. So, as the the name uh, suggests, this is uh, uh, set in the time frame of Superman seventy eight, the Christopher Reeve era. Era. Um, uh, this is actually the second miniseries out of that world because the first one, you know, was was uh, I think it was last year actually. Uh, in this particular case, uh, this is Superman going up against a version of Metallo. Um, of which there's already been one meeting, uh, and uh, Superman kind of didn't make it out that all that um, all that great from that fight. But we get the fact that Superman meets uh, Lois Lane's dad, and if you know anything about DC lore, you kind of know who that is at this point. Or if you've watched um, <laughs> Adventures of Superman or My Adventures of Superman, you still kind of know uh, who that is. So, um, but yeah, they meet up. Um, and, um, you know, the, some words were exchanged before Superman kind of has to get back to things, uh, and before getting back to, um, his alter ego life as, uh, uh, Clark Kent, uh, as we find out in the rest of this, because Lois and both Lois and Clark went missing with the story, which has to do with, uh, Russians, um, of which uh, Metallo works for in kind of almost a winter soldier esque, um, um, kind of vibe because there's like hush whispers about this project and this and that and the other. And, and the Russians are, you know, which this is set during the cold war. So, you know, cold war era of, uh, of, of the world also. So they're kind of playing a little bit on that. Um, but we also seeing shades of Metallo, Metallo, potentially going rogue uh from his uh russian uh superiors but um uh, i suspect it's going to happen at some point regardless uh but pretty good book um oh yeah and how jordan was around i thought i saw john stewart but i, I don't think he would have been where i thought i saw him anyway next up uh is uh, birds of prey number five here we go written by kelly thompson Art and colors by Aris 
Dane or Din. I'm not sure how that, uh, how that's pronounced, but I apologize. And Letters by Clayton Cowles. So we still have the Birds of Prey on Themyscira, uh going up against this big bad called Megara. Um, and yes, um, spelled in the, the way from, from mythology or lore, whatever the case may be, um, who is trying to basically going after uh, Black Canary's uh, uh, adopted sister because they need him for a host body. Yeah, you know, that old chestnut and the... Um, the, the 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 birds have been trying to uh, not to stir uh, a pot on the the Masira, which they did, and battles all over the place uh, kind of uh, spilled out uh, until this point here, where um some things happen. There's a there's a, some sisterly bonding in the belly of the beast, let's just say, and the belly of the beast. Um, was full of sarcasm. <laughs> uh, and I'll just keep it like that. And then there was, of course, there was that whole, hey, you're not locked in with me. I mean, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me thing that comes up near the end of this issue, which is always a treat. Um, and not very much overused at this point. But, hey, still a good book. Um, and if you like Kelly Thompson's uh, writing, I think you'll, you, you'll pretty much uh, continue to enjoy this. And that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. What you thinking? I have my candidates. Mm-hmm. I have my candidates. I've got a nice roster of books to choose from. I think I can probably knock Captain America out of my click of the week list although it was a strong contender because i'm down to dr strange and fantastic four how about yourself uh similar actually i am would almost put actually no i am and i can't can't believe i'm saying this again but i would also put amazing spider-man in that um yeah i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> because there was there was a couple of good moments in, in that book that was like, all right, you know what? This this all right. I'm gonna give you this one <laughs> for this issue. But whether it makes a cut, you know, stands to reason stands to be the uh a, a thing. But I think those are those are my three. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I I can hear myself. Um Okay. My my gut says I'm probably going to have to flip a coin because <laughs> I really did enjoy both Doctor Strange and Fantastic Four. I just have to pick one. Mm. You know, mm. um, you know the buttons and Mindy aspect and 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 the, the 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 this version of the Circus of Crime made me laugh a lot. Yeah, but I think the writing in Fantastic Four takes it over the top. Hmm. Okay. I think Fantastic Four number 15 is my click of the week this week. Interesting. Um, wherein I, I think I'm actually going to go with Doctor Strange for this. Nice. Um, although um, I, 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 I do continue to like Hunger in the Dusk, and that is, uh, and that is probably not going to change anything. That that it is, 
it's just a, a solid book. Uh, so I can't really say it would have been a potential. It, I mean, it would be a potential click of the week for that, but it's just a solid book. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't get a chance to read with Gargoyles, which possibly could have. I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. Nevertheless, um, actually, here, let me put this back up really, really quick. Uh, Doctor Strange for myself. There's that one. And for uh, Agent 70, he said Fantastic Four, number 15. And I'll put this grant cover there, just for a little differentiation, which for some strange reason has Galactus on the cover. Um, go figure. And that, folks, is uh, ends our books of the week. Can we get one ad read before we go into the news? Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Cinematic news. Uh, Guess what, folks? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse returns to IMAX theaters for another swing (laughs) around the theaters. Oh, no. Yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, January 19th, actually, is uh, when it's returning to IMAX theaters uh, for a limited engagement, according to this. So, yeah, if you didn't get a chance the first time it was uh, in, in the theaters, hey, there you go. Hit it again in, in IMAX. I was about to say, speaking of stuff that's in theaters, I was very surprised to see that Godzilla Minus One is still in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's not much else coming out, so I guess theaters want to make some money. Yeah, which again, I, I point back to hey, remember when movie theaters just did that? <laughs> right, the movies would just be in the, in the theater for like months. Right, so, but yeah, you know, I mean, I remember when it was a big deal to keep extending it because it was supposed to be a very limited run. But now right. we're into the first week of January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks I like don't it. know when they're supposed to pull it out, but ultimately, if you have not watched Godzilla minus one, go get it. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still debating on it, but I'm thinking it's like, now watch it when I say I want to go see it. It's gonna be gone. <laughs> Just find a good matinee. You know what I mean? It's not like something that you have to absolutely watch like after dinner, but uh, I don't know. if you yeah. can catch a good matinee show, I think it's definitely worth it. More than worth it. Yeah, I mean, I used right. to watch my stuff during the, during, the, during the matinee hours anyway, so. Next up. Next next up in, I'm not one of those people that's really disappointed in this because yeah. I wasn't so keen on the possible direction, but, you know, I know people are. Steven Yeun has dropped out of Marvel's Thunderbolts after production was pushed due to strikes. That's the story, at least, because... Uh, the story is that due to scheduling issues after the pushing of the scheduling of the film after the WGA and the SAG after strikes, 
Steven Yeun has had to, has has pulled out of Marvel Studios as the Thunderbolts. He was apparently set to play at least a version of the Sentry and Bob Reynolds, Robert mm-hmm. Reynolds. We'll see now what direction they choose to take Thunderbolts. Oh, so uh, I can shed a slight light on my note, but this is actually fan stuff and not nothing concrete. Apparently, fans want the dude uh, who plays Reacher. Right. Right, because uh, he's a freaking giant. He's like six right. foot five and, you know, and, 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 and massively uh, built. Right. So, you know. Who's who to say what will happen with that? Uh, next up, though, wait, why is that? Why did I have that again? Why did I do that? Uh, okay, yep, never mind. Uh, what if writer answers big questions fans have after season two finale? Um, if spoiler alert, I guess if you, well, we probably won't get into too much about it. But um, if you hadn't seen it, but it's been days since. Actually, been a probably good week or two since that since the last episode. Um, let's see the the what if finale, which I which I finally watched and it was pretty good. Um, kind of tied some things up. Um, which uh, it was a big showdown. I, I will say that much. And it says here that um, AC Bradley took to X to respond to a question that has come up a lot after the final the episode debuted. And that question, oh, question was, um, fans were asking why the world didn't end as they would have uh, expected in the season. And Bradley explains on X uh, as to how this is mostly due to uh, the team, the what if team trying to bring a more positive, to bring more positivity into the real world during a time uh, when it is needed. And it is very much still needed. So... Uh, oh, uh, here's a quote. Since it's been asked, wondering why the world doesn't end in, in what if season two, we pinned uh, the season two between January and October of 2022 amidst the onset of COVID, uh, Black Lives Matter protests, and a, a U.S. presidential election. So I didn't know that they had working on that that far back. Uh, we've when it felt like our world was on the brink. What if became a sanct- our sanctuary, a retreat where heroes rise against the darkness, and the most unexpected ones shine the brightest. Uh, and it kind of goes on from there. So, and he just says sometimes it's just more fun to save the world. I'm like sure, it's true. I'm sorry. It says here. Um, the 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 brightest one shine nebula hera and a young woman just wanting to see a cool lake talking about the new uh uh, uh character right. so yeah there's that oh wait is and apparently according to this article a third season is already on the way yeah you didn't see the trailer no i did not the trailer has <laughs> sebastian stan reprising his role as the winter soldier but mm-hmm. i do not think the uh uh, David Harbour is reprising his role as uh, Red, Guardian. Uh, Red Guardian. Yeah. So I'm seeing here, yeah, um, Bucky Barnes, Red Guardian, Ranger Morales, and Bill Foster. Yes. Hopefully he doesn't die. Um, it is not known yet whether all will be featured in the show's third season or fan favorites like uh, Kaori, Kaori, and Kahori. Kahori. 
will thank you. Uh, we'll Why does it have problems with this? Like I was I listening know. to the Ringiverse, they kept butchering it. I'm like, they say her name a bunch of times in the episode, Kahori. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh wait, no, that's old. But anyway, regardless, there is that. Uh, so I'm glad to see that, and we don't have a date for it because obviously it was just announced that there was one, so that there is going right. to be a season three. Next up. Next up, so um, since Maya Lopez, the, the the central character in the Echo miniseries, is a Native American character, director Sydney Freeland and her team consulted with the Choctaw Nation about the history, costumes, and characters, uh, specifically uh, from the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. And they worked with uh, Choctaw language experts and consultants and they figured out that they needed to do a dub of the entire show in Choctaw. And that's what they did. Which is cool. Um, I would actually, I, I probably will just to check. I mean, obviously I can't, I don't know the language, but it, it'll be cool to, to, to see and hear, you know? Well, right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you, if you listen to the dub, you'll probably be able to get this the closed captioning in English just to right. hear what they're, you know, what they're saying. Right. To understand what they're saying. Right. And speaking of, um, Echo, by the way, is going to uh, drop next Tuesday, uh, January 9th. We don't have an actual uh, time, but probably the normal time it normally does. Um, but yeah, right. it's dropping and on a Tuesday. Five episodes? Right. It's five episodes. Uh, I believe that is the case. Yep. Right. Five, we yep. might be able to, depending on our personal schedules, we might be able to squeeze in all five episodes before our next recording so we'll see where we are with echo wait are they dropping them are they dropping them all at the all at once yeah they're dropping all at once oh okay wasn't sure if that was a that was actual or not so yeah it's that's doable it it depends it depends right like it all depends on our personal schedules but you know let's see if we can get at least one or two in and you know where we i would try to push for five but obviously we'd be recording literally two days after the, the five episodes drop. So I don't think it's going to be something we're going to try to actively spoil the first week anyway. Right. Oh, wait, here, there is a time. So 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. There it is. Yeah. And it's going to stream on Disney plus and Hulu because that's a. <laughs> yeah. A, just, a I was going to say, it seems like that's what the Monarch schedule was today. Mm. 6 Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Right. Uh, so okay, so yeah, that's uh, there. You go, folks. If you're um, looking forward to that, which I kind of sort of am, um, yeah. There, hey, there listen, go. it's going to be on Disney Plus and Hulu, so mm-hmm. there should be some. You know, there's a there's a bit more. Uh, uh, there's a few more eyeballs, hopefully, on the show. Yeah, yeah. On and uh, you know, owned by the same company doesn't hurt. <laughs> right, right. So next up. Um, so yeah, of course it would go to, uh, the attorney <laughs> on the podcast. Mickey Mouse's first 24 hours in the public domain resulted in the release of slasher flicks, horror games, and NFTs. Now this is not every version of Mickey Mouse, but rather it's the very first version that was published in the Steamboat Willie cartoon. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that came out of this, you know, in terms of um, public domain uh, generated uh, content and 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 uh, and, uh, and stories and, and stuff. 
but um but yeah everything from like a horror film that had to have like stuff renamed to um uh, a horror film that had a bunch of people uh getting killed you know in an arcade uh, being attacked by a mickey mouse uh, a mass killer dressed as a, a version of the steamboat willie mickey mouse so yeah there's a lot of stuff but yeah this is uh uh, copyright law protections expiring on, um, you know, on, 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 uh, this version of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a whole find of nice of Freddy thing. I'm like, okay. And including there, uh, this mentioned as age of 70 said, there's a, a game, uh, first person shooter game, uh, called mouse. Uh, that's kind of a noirish take on a Mickey Mouse esque, uh, character um, going through that I'm kind of looking forward to because the game looks pretty good. Um, so yeah, the, there's there's been a lot of craziness <laughs> come out since since, since the first uh, yeah. since the, since the copyright came up, including on social media. So it's people are having a time. Anywho, um. <clears throat> Batman Caped Crusader will be a much darker than original uh, animated series, which I'm like, Batman TS. Assuming that's what they were talking about, um, Batman TS was fairly dark in its own right. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, no, yeah, it does mention uh, TS here. So, yeah. Uh, so, I can't imagine how much darker they plan to, 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 to be with this. I'm just going to wait. It's still probably not going to beat TS because let's face it, that show's great. It continues to be. Uh, but yeah, this is an upcoming prime video animated series. If, if people forgot about that, uh, Ed Brubaker is um, writing and executive producing it. So you can kind of get shades of how that's going to work out. Um, uh, if you know anything about Brubaker's writing, so he says here that uh, Brubaker anticipates a divided fan response with many loving it and others being shocked by certain elements, which I feel like that's kind of par for the course for anything <laughs> these days, much less something like this. So there you go. Uh, do we have a date actually when, does it, when that thing's coming out? Uh, looks like it's going to be two seasons, 11 episodes. Not seeing a date here, and there probably is one, but regardless, we'll probably be talking about that more closer to when it actually happens. Anyway, next up, Anime Corner. Next. Oh yes, we are in Anime Corner. High Dive announces its lineup for the winter 2024 season with the return of the Dangers in My Heart anime and anticipated new anime chained Soldier and more. Okay. You can check out the lineup in the article that Roddy Cat has linked in our show notes. <laughs> that last one totally looks like it's, it's biting uh, uh, Demon Slayer for the font, but you know what? We're not going to talk about that. Blue Exorcist, uh, Shimane, uh, Shimane Illuminati Saga. Excuse oh my me. goodness, I see that, even including the art. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, main trailer has been revealed. So Blue Exorcist was a anime that I remember starting watching like a few years ago. 
And I think I watched like the first probably four or five episodes and says like, yeah, hey, I'll come back to this. And I never did. So apparently I did not know they were doing new uh, stuff because I thought it was done. But regardless, during um, Jump Super Stage Red during Jump Festa 2024, the main trailer, as well as new cast for Shimane uh, Illuminati Saga was um, was announced, shown. And uh, actually two days from now, is when uh, the the saga is going to be broadcast, probably likely on Crunchyroll. Um, or at least at some point, because uh, probably like day after. Yeah, I don't see where it says whether it's where it's going to be, but we'll just take that as a likeliness. Uh, next up, though. Next up, so apparently uh, there is a secret that the creator of Bleach has been keeping from, I guess, the main character or the main protagonist, Mm -hmm. Ichigo Kurosaki. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to spoil it just in case someone wants to get into Bleach. This is on my list. I'm going to spoil it. Yeah, this is the, the Thousand Year War stuff. Right. I'm just going to spoil it and say that let's just say Ichigo has shares something with uh, Marvel superheroes in the in their in the way they get paid or not. Mm-hmm. Let's just say. But yeah, um, I have been threatening to return to the world of Bleach because I did I do love that show, uh, but I can't seem to get past a certain filler arc and mm. part of me is threatening to actually just restart over because every time I do every time I stop it's been it's it's usually like a year or two later and it's like I'm going to restart that <laughs> just restart the whole thing over again uh, instead of uh, where I know I am uh, which I don't know we'll see how that works out because I think I might skip that and just continue on where I am because it makes no sense to kind of keep restarting the thing and end up in the same place. So, but yeah, that is that, which, okay, sure. Next up though. Um, speaking of Demon Slayer, haha. Uh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Hashira training arc TV anime airs in spring 2024. And it will be on, uh, it. And the next film is going to be on Crunchyroll, of course, not a sponsor. Just saying, <laughs> Um, all that we all that we use here on the comic book chronicles. Yes, uh, but it says during a uh, special Demon Slayer program in Japan uh, back in December, actually, according to this article. Um, yeah, then the next arc, the Hashiro training arc, will be, be broadcast on Fuji TV beginning in spring twenty twenty. Four, with the first episode being, of course, a long, an hour long special. Um, and you can see uh, materials from there. Uh, we don't have an exact date, just spring 2024. So, yeah, there you go. Next up. You can see the All promotional right. reel, by the way, if you if you want to check it out in this article. Delicious the Delicious in Dungeon, an upcoming TV anime based on the fantasy manga of the same name, has published a short preview video highlighting the adventures of Lelos and company 
in the upcoming first episode of the series, which hits Japanese airwaves on January 4th, 2024, which means it hit earlier today. Mm-hmm. The series will also stream in the United States on Netflix. Okay. Huh. Surprise. <laughs> Not crunchy. Exactly. Right. I would, exactly. <laughs> which, exactly. you know, which actually, um, you know, Crunchyroll's been throwing some money at stuff, so they've been so they've been gathering things here and there. Um, I haven't heard anything about this one outside of you know uh, what I feel about uh, something like this. So I'm I'm kind of curious about it. So if if uh, if it happens to get out there anytime within the next week or two, or whenever it gets out there on Netflix, I, I will probably check it out. Um. Naruto gets its own dedicated streaming channel because, of course, it does, which I thought it already had one, to be totally honest. Because <laughs> I could have sworn I have seen, like, going through, like, either um, Roku TV or, actually, this is on Pluto TV, one or two, but, uh, um, but I could have sworn I've seen a Naruto channel on one of those streaming services. So, uh, but now... So, I'll quickly get to the part where I stopped and maybe stop again. Well, no, because well, depending on when you hit it, because you know how those, those they're, they're only going to show certain certain much, like you know, at a certain well, and no, they repeat they, every they, day. They have huh? on demand option. Oh yeah, that is right. They do have that on there. So well, but, but wait, isn't it also on Crunchyroll? Yeah, it is. That's why I watched it. Yeah. So either way, um, I, t- I keep forgetting about that they have because, and matter of fact, I watched the uh, the first episode of GI Joe the other day uh, on. Um, one of those services for some sort of reason. Oh, because of Duke last week. That's why. Anywho. So yeah, all 20, 222 episodes of the first series are available, providing around 84 hours of uh, content to watch uh, along with an additional 20 hours from the related spinoff series, which is uh Shippuden, And I, I'm assuming uh Baruto is also, um, oops, sorry about that. Uh, is also going to be on here on there. And also, is Pluto TV what I was thinking of when I was when I um, you know what I think it was. I, I'm sorry, I'm having a conversation with my with myself from something I tried to do last night. Never mind. Keep it pushing, folks. Next up. Okay. We go, we go into all right. So the we're transitioning over into scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So no manga news, but comic book news. Mm-hmm. All righty, one second, and I will get. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. So, this is a minor spoiler. This new, this is what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about the Vengeance of Moon Knight number one mm-hmm. issue. So, a preview here reveals some stuff that happens in, or, or is depicted in Marvel's of Vengeance of Moon Knight number one. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's nothing else need to be said about that. Um, I'm going to throw a piece of news in here, right here, really quick, because this is slightly timely, and then I'll go into the next story. Um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is free to play for the next week. I'm not, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's uh, free to own. So actually, um, from... Today, um, January 4th, 2024, uh, you and uh, 
if you are a part of the Epic Game Store uh, service and you know they give uh, give out free games every now and then, uh, you can go on there and get Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for free for the next week, according to this, which um, by accounts is a pretty good game. And I already own said game, so um, had I thought about this when it came out? Well, you know. It is what it is. But regardless, hey, you can, um, you can, you can, you can still, I will still probably pull the trigger and own it, uh, or d- this digital copy, or this copy of it on PC, because actually I might want to play it on PC as, as opposed to the, the PS5. But hey, if you, um, if you haven't checked that um, game out, go so forth and uh, hit up an Epic Game Store. Next, now then, uh, the power of Thor explains, um, According to this article, Thor explains the hidden power of Mjolnir actually gives its wielder Meow Meow. No, no. Uh, (laughs) So did you read this issue? Because I know I talked about this. You did, and I have not yet. As a matter of fact, I started to read this issue, and then I got called away to something else. So I didn't actually finish reading the issue. So I won't really go into it, but... um, And I don't think I got to the part where this is being explained. Um, But, uh, yeah... Uh, would you call this is not a retcon? This is just pretty much an, an addition to me on It's an addition. Yeah. yeah, definitely an addition to. Gotcha. All right. Next up. So uh, this is a spoiler, kind of, for uh, what happens in um, Marvel Zombies: Black, White, and Blood. Basically, um, in the fourth and final issue of the miniseries that was published, what like a week or two ago, maybe. I think um, this week. You know, can Blade, the vampire hunter, slay um, the zombie heroes? And uh, spoiler alert, yeah, he can. This week. Yeah, it came out this week. Oh, this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hey, guess what? <laughs> the, the Blade cuts through, uh, Blade cuts through zombies and vampires alike. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, wait, I'm going to pull this and see if that's actually worth anything. I don't really care much for Marvel zombies, but hey, yeah, sure, somebody likes them. Marvel confirms Venom's final form and it's terror- terrorizing. Excuse me. Uh, this is, I guess, kind of a spoiler alert for, spoiler for Venom 29, which I think also came out this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Eddie Brock, who apparently... <laughs> in Dragon Ball type fashion has been going through a series of um, costume changes or form changes. Uh, do we get to see which, what is, wait, what the hell? <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh, if for, for those looking at the video version of the podcast can see the image from said issue. Um, one of which I'm sure is probably going to be tattoos on somebody's arm at some point. Uh, most most certainly. Um, also has a certain ego to it, let's say. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's that's that. Sure. Also, that last part looks like Hella, so I guess he's gonna look like Hella now or something. Either way, next up. 
I'm going to try not to crack up reading this. Disney <laughs> is releasing a children's book titled A is for Alien, an ABC book. Mm-hmm. Based on the classic horror film Alien. The book will introduce the alphabet from A to Z through a fun space adventure featuring characters from the Alien movie. Disney's move to create a children's book for a dark and scary franchise is unexpected, but a way to expand the Alien brand and introduce young minds to the horror genre. Yikes. Yeah, so I know they've been doing like... Uh, is face hugger, right? <laughs> I was going to say like B is for brood, C is for cryo. <laughs> so uh, I kind of almost want to get a copy of this book just to, just to oh, see what gosh. the hell... Is going on because, like I said, I've seen pulling covers and stuff. I've seen the little golden, golden books that they have for Marvel characters and stuff. And I think a couple of them I actually did buy, um, mm-hmm. even though I have no kids. But you know, hey, collector's items. This one is funny. I saw when I saw this on on social media, and uh, uh, somebody I know was like, "How the hell do you even do this?" Well, guess what? You pick up the book and find out now. Ours <laughs> for Ripley, I guess. Uh, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> N is for Newt. M is for mostly when they come out at night. Anyway, next stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, Star Wars hinted at how um, Ahsoka's light, lightsaber droid, Hyung, uh, Hu Yang. Hu Yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I got it. I got it. Hu Yang survived the Clone Wars seven years ago. So... I mean, he's, he's a droid so i can imagine them being targeted through uh through um order 66 anyway but being that the empire was trying to get rid of anything that talked anything to do with the, the jedi i guess there would be a need to um to dispose of them but according to the star wars force and destiny source book savage spirits um it revealed that there was a um a branch of the jedi known as the jedi exploration corps um, and uh, apparently they focused on exploration and archaeological. Uh, archaeological. Wow, I can say that. That 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 I can say that. Archaeological. <laughs> anyway, research. God damn it! What is going on tonight? And we're often outside on the outer rim. Um, because of that, they didn't know about the Clone Wars until after the well into things happening, and. Yeah, I don't know. It goes off from there and basically um, goes into how potentially uh, Hu Yang could have es- escaped uh, notice. So you can read the article for yourself for that. Next up. All righty. So Star Wars Outlaws uh, video game will arrive apparently sometime in 2024 because it's no longer late 2024, which leaves the window open for uh, at some point during 2024. So this is an open-world Star Wars game set to release this year. The game lets you explore distinct planets across the galaxy, both iconic and new. You can risk it all as K. Vess, an emerging scoundrel seeking freedom and the means to start a new life, along with her companion, Nyx. If you're willing to take the risk, the galaxy is full of opportunity. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to go host so far as to say holiday 2020, fall holiday 2024. Because that is the big time where video games come out. Um, and I can't see this one being any different. Because this is a big game. So, and they should still be working on it at this point. Not trying to put it out real soon. Anyway, 
Um, the world is dying. Welcome to the funeral. DC's iconic monsters to host a hellfire gala of their own in 2024, according to this article. Um, this is spoilers for Outsiders number five, which, uh, by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly and Robert Carey. Um, I have not yet hit that Outsiders book, but I've been curious about it. So yeah, apparently the Outsiders take on, um, well, according to this, the, the biggest uh, horror names in the DC universe will be appearing here, and it's not clear exactly who, if anyone will be living this party alive. The only thing readers know for sure is that Kate Kane's shadowy path will play a major role in this new terror, uh, terrifying social event. So, sure. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. It doesn't sound familiar at all with anything that is a uh, that has happened or has been happening in on the other side of the aisle. Next up. So I guess this is our last story of the night. Um, I had wanted to preface this just by saying that I do have a little bit of toy corner at the end of the news. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just need just a minute or two, um, you know, in the wake of uh, post Christmas, uh, uh, comfort shopping. Um, <sighs> You know, I, I picked up a couple of small things, but I wanted to get into this article and it's kind of an interesting article to read because apparently Todd McFarlane has come out and said that spawn number 350, which is going to drop in February is quote, a good jumping on point for new readers. It's supposed to have line wide implications on the spawn universe. In a recent interview with comicbook.com, um, to promote Spawn 350, McFarlane basically says it's going to, in a roundabout way, essentially, you know, uh, push the series into a new reader friendly territory. So, you know, basically, I'm just paraphrasing some of the quotes that he has in here. Uh, he says, it's interesting to sort of go, where can, when can you pick up either lapsed readers and or new readers? Uh, you know, he thinks that a spot like he thought that spawn 300 was a spot. They actually did two issues before 300 to sort of say, if you missed the first 299 issues here, you can catch up. So he thinks 350 is a good jumping on point. Hey, I read, I collected the first like 50 plus issues of Spawn and I jumped off. I was like, yeah, that's enough for me. I can't believe we're, you know, they're up to 350 now, which is crazy. Well, 350 in so much of time also, you have to, to think about it because Spawn's been around for a minute. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the only Spawn I think I, I hadn't read any Spawn. I just saw the uh, the HBO uh, animated thing from from way back when. Right. I, I personally own like the first like 50 issues and then I, I got off after that, but mm. that was a long time, man. Right. Right. So, which means that, um, while we've seen this from the other side and this is just me speculating, um, because of, uh, agent 70s recent readings of Philadelphia, that means that this is all where it all comes to, to together big time. Right. <laughs> maybe 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 it's it's kind of wild how uh the in the image universe kind of works so yeah 
And that, folks, is that for the news. And Agent 70 said he had a little bit of a toy corner. So yeah, we're going a little bit to of toy Put the light, spotlight on him. A little bit. So, one second. I was joking last week about, you know, doing some retail therapy. That's what I was talking about, comfort shopping. And, you know... Sometimes the easiest thing to do, the easiest thing to get, you know, at the tip of your fingers is a Marvel legend, right? Stuff that you've been meaning to get, stuff that's been sitting in your cart. I still haven't pulled it, have not pulled the trigger on getting the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or Freedom Force as I remember them from the Claremont and Sylvester days in X-Men. But I did take one step in that direction. It was a character that I had been meaning to get. I had missed out the first on the first version uh, that was, I believe, a Walgreens exclusive. So I ended up getting the VHS animated Mystique. Right? So this is the VHS packaging uh, for Mystique. You can see a picture of the figure here. I'm going to drop my virtual background for our video viewers. Remember, folks, we are on YouTube, so you can check out the video of the show on YouTube. And Twitch. So here is the box. And Twitch, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, this is the figure that comes with, like, a little, uh, spoiler alert, baby nightcrawler. Um, and, a, you know, and, and I think a weapon or two. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is like a good option for getting a mystique. I'm not so fan on like the the shading, like the animated cell shading that they use, but who cares? It's mystique. She's always going to be like kind of constantly shifting in any light that she's in, right? So that's, you know, that that's this is why I chose this mystique. I'm not, I have not committed to getting the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants like that version of the Brotherhood um, which means I would have to get destiny. Um, I'd have to plump, you know, I, I'd have to, uh, plunk down some extra dough because the blob is actually a pretty in demand figure and the aftermarket prices for him are relatively high, but he was always kind of an expensive figure. He's like over $50, um, to start with. Cause he's a big chunk of plastic, you know, and I'd have to track down the pyro and rogue two pack. I'm not, I'm not keen on that cause that's been out for a while. I know that the Avalanche is pretty easy to get because he's fairly cheap on Amazon. Mm. But, uh, you know, they still have not come out with uh, the Crimson Commando. Um, but that essentially um, would be the last character from that version of the Brotherhood of, of Evil Mutant slash Freedom Force. So, um, you know, because I know that there is a Destiny out. It's the younger version of Destiny. It's not the old version, but it's still a Destiny, and I would hate to have to buy it but you know you got to be a completist um anyway next and last in terms of i actually enjoyed seeing like the year end marvel legends posts that i saw some uh some users on uh, instagram that i follow pick up you know, put up that is they posted like their top 10 marvel legends and i was looking at some of the, the, the top uh, ranked figures that some of the people that i follow um, put up, including uh, um, uh, uh, his name is Dwight. He's uh, one of the designers who works for Hasbro. 
and uh, he posted this particular figure and, you know, like posted why it was so great. So I, I ended up picking it up. And that is the uh, Marvel Legends, the Beyond Earth's Mightiest version of Black Widow. Right. This is the one that has all of the extra gadgets, the multiple heads, um, lots of pew pew effects and uh, a pinless body. So this is basically the definitive Natasha Romanov, um, you know, with the black costume, with the classic black costume, even though for a lot of us, especially children of the 80s, we have fond memories of the gray costume. Um, and the short hair, you know, the, 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 the kind of sexy short hair, if you're into short hair like that, you know, she, you know, that those are some really nice, you know, because obviously I think of um, the uh, the Captain America and Wolverine and Black Widow team up kind of on the cover uh, of uh, Uncanny, I believe it's 268. So, um, you know, I, you know, I obviously have a, a soft spot for that costume, but this is basically the definitive Black Widow. And so I can't wait to kind of unpack this and, you know, kind of compare it to the other Black Widows that I have, because I do have the gray costume. I do have the motorcycle one and I do have, I believe, well, obviously the, uh, the movie, uh, one that's based on Scarlett Johansson is not very poseable. It's kind of frail if I remember, but, um, in terms of the comic book versions, this is probably the definitive. So that's it for the retail therapy slash toy corner, uh, part of, uh, the show. She's Actually, wait, such a, she's such a there's poser. One, there's one more thing. What's that? I said, she's such a poser. Yeah. Right. There's one more thing I actually it's not it's not a, it's not genre based but I did pick up I did pick up a, a Funko Pop that I've been meaning to get and uh, it is not genre based it, this is uh, Angus Young the lead guitarist of the band ACDC hmm. and you know I just get you know I I, I I I like Angus he's a good guitarist right did you get one made of yourself because I've seen people. Um... I can't remember if part of, part of those was AI, but I know you could you could do get one made of yourself. Actually, I did not, but I did see that, and obviously they 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 shut down the uh, the Marvel Legends option for that. But yeah, um, I, I did not, but uh, you know, I, I was happy to 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 finally pick up. Like they had been sitting in my cart for you know or on a list for for a long time, right. uh, maybe years. Right. And I sat down and said, you know, why, why don't I get this? It's been, you know, I've been, I've had this basically bookmarked this whole time. Right. I think the, the last non-genre one I got, which I may have shown it was the George Clinton. I got like a while back. Mm. Uh, no, the last, the, 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 the most recent, uh, non-genre one I got was the Ted Lasso. You could, you could I, I, I put my, my virtual background back up, but uh, the Ted Lasso that I got, I, I, I was, a, I'm a, uh, a big fan of Ted Lasso and, mm. uh, and I was very happy to get the Funko Pop of uh, Ted. Right. I was going to say um, real quick but before we move on um, that Mystique is probably going to be it until they make that new version with the, with the uh, weapons that come out of her. <laughs> if, if if such a thing is going to happen, like they'll make a plastic molding inside of where she just can pull a weapon out of her body. Oh, I guess. I guess. I mean, I, don't I mean, know if they would actually do it. But. You know, I, you know, Mystique had a moment, obviously, when Rebecca Romaine and then Jennifer Lawrence portrayed her in the movies. But 
you know, obviously they've renewed, you know, interest in the character in the, in the wake of uh, Hoxpox and in the whole Krakoan saga also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the character plays a pre- pretty big role, but with mystique comes destiny. That's why I'm not a fan. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Uh, we'll, you know what? That is a, that is an unpacking for him and his therapist. We will not. We will not go. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> we will not go there with with that. But his. Uh, but Agent Seventy's uh, history of uh, not caring too much about Destiny is long. She's a terrible character. <laughs> so I guess that sums it up. There you go. Um, and he sucks. I mean, I know they're trying to rehabilitate her and expand on her, but come on, man. I don't know. They, with that last little bit for with Nightcrawler, I know that doesn't seem to make her any better. But hey, I you know. I know. Either way, we're going to push on and say that um, we got one more ad read. Our last ad read of the night is uh, for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends that you've been meaning to buy. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, Agent 70. Uh, something I forgot to ask you about based off of a converse, part of a conversation we had last week. And that's something that we would normally have done. Do you have any comic book uh, resolutions for this year? I already fulfilled one, which is uh, I had to buy a few more drawer boxes to supplement the drawer boxes that I had already set up uh, and to basically tidy up my comic book collection. I still have to file, but I did end up getting um, some more drawer boxes uh, because of a holiday sale. I mean, those things are still expensive, you know, like uh, per case and shipping is is exorbitant for those Mm -hmm. gigantic cardboard boxes. But uh, I did fulfill one particular resolution which I had made, which I hadn't really made, but I was thinking of making. But when I saw the the sale, you know, they, obviously they needed to boost sales at the holiday, you know, during the holiday. So they they sent out emails to previous customers mm-hmm. with discount codes, and I was like, oh, that was a good time. Yeah, I saw that email. And I almost I, I didn't look at it because like I don't need any more of those boxes at the time because I think I had the last time I bought something, I bought a bunch or I bought at least uh, enough. So right. <laughs> But um, so now I'm, you know, I, I'll be filing my comics, and and it's it's wonderful that I don't, I'm not a Wednesday warrior anymore, that I don't, I'm not like actively expanding my collection, you know, not exponentially, but you know, on a regular basis. So it helps me to, you know, kind of see if there's some whittling down I can I can do some shifting I can do to lighten some of the boxes and make it a little easier to access some of the things that I still have that I like to look at from time to time, even though I have apps that basically access virtually all of them, you know, except for the DC ones. I, I don't want to pay for the DC app, but you know, right. You know, I own the Titans issues I want, but you know, I like, but what are you going to do? Um, you know, but bottom line is that's one of them. And I think, 
the other resolution comic wise is kind of like a personal art thing too. I just need to get back to drawing more. You know, I haven't done Inktober for a couple of years. I just need to get to drawing more, period. So that would be, I guess, my comic related resolution, as it were, since I'm not, you know, actively collecting. Um, I think the comic, the, the one resolution that's probably directly related to our show is to try to get back into reading a few non Marvel, DC, or even big image books. Right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we, we had that discussion that was spurred on by, uh, uh, uh one of our, our view, our, our loyal viewers, uh, uh, forgive me. It's Benji, Benji Com- games too. Yeah. Benji games. I want to say Benji comics, Benji games. I apologize. Benji games. Um, you know, we used to do, I used to be much more, uh, vigilant about reading things that were new, brand new number ones and whatnot, but time, you know, everyone, everyone has different, uh, uh, things that, 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 that take up your time that are very, that, 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 that take, you know, that are you know, of, of, you know, definite importance to your, you know, day to day and, and ongoing life. You know, obviously I've picked up, you know, uh, sports, you know, uh, personal, you know, uh, personal fitness and sports recently. So that's taken up some extra time. I don't necessarily have all the time in the world to do uh, my weekly comic book reading, but I'd like to get back to picking up, you know, I want to I want to read what is that? hunger in the dusk, hunger and the dusk. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to catch up on that because I read the first issue because I got uh, the variant one. Um, at New York Comic Con, got G. Willow Wilson to sign it, but I haven't read anything since. So I need to circle back and read those. I know we're up to number five this week, this month. So um, that's something I'd like to. I'd like to probably do. You know, I I, I read stuff that I like, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, I I I I I got hooked on Philadelphia. I read Godzilla books here and there because obviously I'm a big Godzilla fan, and you know, outside of that, I'm like, well, what other kind of quote unquote indie books do I read? It's not right. much. It's right. not much. So I need to add to that. How about you? Um, see, I asked a question and I can't say that I have a, a fairly decent answer outside of the fact that the, the standard one is always, like you said, kind of reading other books outside of the big two. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been doing fairly decent about that uh, within reason. Right. Well, you're you're sticking with the the, the Star Trek, you know, and, well, outside and of that, that too, but counts. Yeah. No, but that counts. That counts. You know, well, like but doing... I'm saying like outside of that though, I feel like I feel like even though yeah, like yes, it's not from the big two, and that's the but that's still a kind of a big franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, like stuff to start, like like Hunger in the Dusk and you know a little uh, stuff that's not has not from an existing franchise uh, that is mm-hmm. in pop culture. I guess is what I'm saying. Right, right, um, right, right. So, like, you need to find at least one thing that's like your Philadelphia. I feel like, like I said, I I feel like I've been pretty good about stuff like like Hunger in the Dusk, uh, like that that kind of come across, you know. So I I can't say that I've I haven't been doing it, but stuff like that that I've have interest uh, in haven't come across that often. I'll say that. Like, that's kind of one of the few that was like, hey, okay, this sounds interesting. Let me get that, you know, pick that, pick that up. Uh, but outside of that, as far as the resolution is concerned, 
I think the one that I've been kind of kicking around in my head is having to do with writing. Like I, I have an interest in writing. Um, if that hasn't been apparent uh, in how I uh, um, talk about books, but like the um, the the actual structure and everything, like uh, um, I, I kind of I've been threatening to kind of dive into not necessarily writing but but, but just kind of the the process going just checking out the process a little bit more and um the, between that and editing which if you've seen my tweet about editing last from last week you know you you might think something differently but no i the the process of writing and the process of editing editing are both things that i am have uh some very deep curiosities about um uh, and and do like but like i said i do want to kind of dive in just for my own edification you know into those a, a little bit more just like hey you know what now i get this a little bit more you know even though i i have a fairly decent understanding of both but you know a little deeper uh, appreciation for it uh, doesn't have prose writing or comic writing or a little bit of both, both or both. script you know yeah. screenwriting I mean, you know what? Screenwriting is probably the one that I haven't really thought too, too, too much about, but definitely prose, uh, comic, you know, and, and the like, which I guess once you get into that point, scripting a comic book, you know, kind of can go into script writing in a way because there is taken, some, yeah, there's some similarities. What I was going to ask is, have you taken any concrete steps of like getting like a how to book or some of those guides? Cause I know that, um, I've got a couple on my shelf. I think the Bendis book and, uh, you know, I could turn around on my bookshelf and, and take a look at some of the comic book writing, uh, books that have been published, let's say within the last 10 years, you know, maybe you need to just like pick up something simple, you know, like I know that, um, Alan Moore put out one. Yeah. Like that one's out of curiosity because I know he's got a whole lot to say about a whole lot of things. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. But, right. Uh, but to, to kind of answer your question, I think I also have that Bendis book, actually. Um, and there is a course that I came across on um, this one site that I was on, Udemy, uh, that uh, somebody made. And the name escapes me at this point about um, comic book writing. So, yes, I do have uh, materials on that front, put the long story short. Right. Um, right, right. So it's really it's more it. like you know, like uh, is there a, a concrete step you can take to, you know, like I'm not so big on resolutions. It's like uh, I need to do more of this, right? right? Like it's something that I, you know, like I'm not trying to be like a, a new me. I'm trying to be a better me, right? right? Right. So I have my materials. I am a fiend when it comes to art supplies. I'm like a drug addict when you put me in a, you know, uh, uh, an art supply store. I was like, oh, I could use this. This will make me better. I'm like mm-hmm. no, it won't practice is going to make you better but it's going to feel better in your hands that's always how i sell myself a new pencil you know that's the you know that it's not going to make you a better artist but it's going to make you feel better and sometimes that's all it needs right Right. that's all you need right right? it's more comfortable you know you'll sit there and draw longer because you're more comfortable drawing with this particular pencil or pen or marker or whatever on this particular style of paper so um you know, that's that that's general, you know, like I, I I'm good with supplies. I've got my how to books. Um, I kind of enjoy that. I just need to sit down and I tried doing this with uh, a calendar and it didn't really work. But I may have to revisit this. I maybe maybe just set alarm so I can hear it. 
as opposed to just calendar notifications on my phone to tell me to go to my drawing table. Right. Go to my drawing table. Set up a certain time that says, look, you draw, you have an idea what you want to draw, or just, you know, do like some warm-up sketches just to keep the muscles going and to keep the creativity flowing. Right. You know? Like work on some, you know, portraits, some how-to draw books, do a couple of exercises, just sit down and do it. Get the reps in. That's It's kind of the approach that I'm taking with volleyball. Get right. the reps in. Right? You right. got to play. You know, I intend on taking some um, some uh, some coaching classes. You know, not not to learn how to coach, but rather to kind of relearn some of the fundies, the fundamentals that I probably have either forgotten or have been changed somewhat since I actually took volleyball in high school and junior high school. You know, so that's right. that that's how I'm approaching. You know, like these like semi resolutions. Yeah, get some more uh, hip hop artists under your uh, under your drawing belt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like, I, you know, I did something very small to kind of facilitate that. Like, I put, I, you know, I finally put, like, a, a solid Bluetooth speaker down by my workout bench slat, and, you know, which is right next to my drawing table. And I'm like, you know what? I've been, I've been not having, like, a, a solid speaker down there that was Bluetooth because I, I normally plug everything into an old computer down there in, into, like, a stereo that I have so you can really blast music. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't want to fire everything up. You just want to, you know, have your phone and you just want to stream a few things and do something quick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier to do it on your phone. So, you know, I, like I said, I took a couple of concrete steps. Um, gotcha. uh, to, uh, to, to, to kind of move, to make that better, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's how it's interesting. Yeah. That you brought that that's up. I'm like, Oh, you know, I've been kind of doing like taking small steps, not even, you know, it was like kind of borderline into the new year. So mm-hmm. yeah, that counts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if we actually, the, the brought the topic last year. That's why I wanted to bring it up. It was like, Hey, you know, we've had yeah, we have. I, mean, I don't know about last year specifically, but that's we what I'm saying. But we have in the past, right? That's what, so I was like, yeah, let's bring that back up. <laughs> bring back in and play, see how that works out. So yeah, and anyone listening or watching, if you want to throw that into the socials, you know what you're thinking about uh, yeah. doing. Not necessarily to make a new you in terms of how you approach comics and pop culture, but maybe make things better. Yeah. Yeah, we enjoy to hear it. And speaking of socials, uh, my name is Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNotes Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Threads! Surprisingly lasted through the new year. Shocked, really. Uh, PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is on those umbrella sites they're in. And uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles uh, Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation also on Twitter. That's uh, T-H-E-K-E-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. Uh, TheClickNation.com. And, of course, uh, oh, he's over at ComicBook.com right in his face-off. Always. And if you're asking yourself after all this time, how is he writing his face off when he uses his hands? Shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. 
You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Google Play, Apple iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and as I said, you can find us streaming every Thursday night, 9.30-ish uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the channels of the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Again, make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are broadcasting live. More, well, I was going to say more, but video game streaming coming soon of the comic book variety because I make that my solid decree. If, there's, uh, if there is a resolution to be had for this here program, or at least adjacent to this program, that is that. In fact, I got most of the things together with the exception of trying to get some bot stuff and whatnot, but I got a whole ass list of games <laughs> that to, to, to play going back decades and whatnot, including one that I just didn't, didn't know about from back in the... Um, original NES days, uh, which is weird to see, but Hey, all in due time and hopefully short shortly coming, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and with that folks, this has been the comic book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Wakanda forever. 